Filipinos. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. It's time for another edition of Mad About Movies, movie news, rumors, rumbling, roundup, extravaganza, jamboree uh, for this Pro-am. year. Pro-am for this year. My bad. Have you guys heard about the uh, rattlesnake roundup in West Texas? Heard about it. I've been. Have you been to it? Yeah, I've been to one. Yeah. Oh, man. The Brian Gill Memorial Rattlesnake <laughs> Roundup. It's a long story for another day. For the VIP yeah, all the feet. rattlesnakes, yeah. and then they put mm-hmm. them in a hockey rink, right, Brian? Yeah, you know, you can choose your, your venue, depending upon where you at you are at in, in West Texas. Sweetwater, which is a real name of a town. This might be a whole episode. I don't know. But uh, Sweetwater has... At least yeah, claims to have one. the largest yeah, it's the big uh, one. rattlesnake roundup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a real interesting thing. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe we should live do a remote. remote. Yeah, live yeah. remote in March Die. or April, whenever they do it. Yeah, Rattlesnakes fun. are real? <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're not just they from are. the yeah. uh, Legend of Hercules or whatever it was? No. Or <laughs> no. King Arthur Might or have been whatever. King Arthur. Yeah, sorry. You know, Legend of the Sword. All. Yeah, it all goes together. It's funny, like Ariel. I, I'm sorry. Very quick story. I had a. We hold on. We should explain. Ariel Rada from the from yeah. the Geek 101 podcast is with us yeah, for movie news, and so that for people yeah. coming on this right. episode, that explains it. Hey, Ariel. I had a, a uh, roommate in college who was from Florida, I believe, and Gross. we went to. I know the worst. Uh, we we went to college in Arkansas, the second grossest, and uh, there was this like. Texas themed steakhouse in the in the uh, fake city that we uh, we went to college in, and we were there one time to to eat a meal, and they have all this you know sheriff's badges and six shooters and stuff all over the wall. It's like an Applebee's basically, but all Texas sort of themes, and they had a jackalope stuffed on the wall, and we're just kind of standing there, you know, waiting for our table, and he looks over at it and he points, nods to me, and says, "You guys." You guys have those in Texas, right? And I was like, I just stared at him, and I was like, no, no. And he was like, well, where, where are they then? If they're not in Texas, then where are they? And I was like, those aren't real, dude. Like, that's just, it's a rabbit with deer horns glued to the top. Like, that's not a real thing. So a full 19 years of, of life, and he thought, 19 or 20 years, I don't know how old we were at that point. Anyway, he thought jackalopes were a real thing for Twenty years, so and Santa Claus. PSA: uh, Jackalope's not real. Just letting you guys know. I'm writing this in my Wait, journal. What? Jackalope's rattlesnakes. <laughs> I don't know what's real, what's fake. Jackalope's not real. Rattlesnakes real. So rattlesnakes are real. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Krampus <laughs> is real though, right? <laughs> Krampus, not Santa Claus. But Santa Krampus, Claus is yes. fake. Mm-hmm. Krampus right. is real. Yellow spotted yeah. lizards from holes. Are those? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got off on a, <laughs> that was we a weird start. One of our better tangent. I like just it. make that I whole thing it. the open, and then we'll start over. Just yeah. just go with that. Yeah, okay, no one's going to hear that. Movies. It's okay. It'll be edited. <laughs> out. Um, wow, there is a uh, there's a lot to talk about on this episode. We're glad Ariel's here because um, he has a lot of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. So um, nerd stuff is what he means, Ariel. Nerd stuff. I can't. I have too much. No, I know too much about it. <laughs> it's hindering my real life. Yeah. And um, and so today was a big day in the movie news world. Where should we start? 
uh, Brian? Where would you suggest? There's a man. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, huh? Let's let's go Spider Man. Let's start there. That's the big thing, I think. The yeah, biggest, we got the Ariel here. We're gonna talk comics. We can get the whole. We can really break it down. Yeah. So um, apparently, there's been a fight, not fight, a disagreement between Marvel Studios and Sony. Uh, who would have thought that there would be a disagreement with Sony about something, right? Um, <laughs> that um, other than that, Venom is sick. <coughs> Venom. Yeah, other than that, Venom is very eaty. <laughs> Brian established that. He's mm-hmm. the most eaty character we've had. No one knows why. Um, there's been a disagreement um, over the Spider-Man character and where they should go from here with it. Um, there ha- has been a lot of success had um, since Spider-Man joined the MCU. Um, I don't know how many years ago that was. Officially, uh, six. Yeah, Civil War six. Yeah, something like that. Something like four movies ago, or something like that. When it got uh, five movies, maybe Civil War, two Avengers movies, and two Spider-Man movies. Sure. So um, it's worked out. <coughs> I would say very well in the favor of both parties up to this point. Um, the movies have been financially successful. Um, it's reinvigorated the franchise as a whole. It's, it's um, I would say, by default, made the Spider-Man um, ancillary properties more successful, such as Venom, mm-hmm. um, that we mentioned off the top. And so, right now, Sony is probably freaking out a little bit because uh, of a couple of things. One... That the MCU is the monster that it is, and it's uh, seemingly, uh, you know, they make movies at will and can kind of control the box office like like playing an instrument at this point, you know, every year with uh, their release strategy. And so Sony's probably trying to take control of that, uh, trying to take control of their uh, intellectual property um, when it comes to things like streaming, you know, and spinning off things, uh, you know, if they were to do a Spider-Man TV show or something like that, uh, they would uh, probably prefer to have 100% rights. And they mm-hmm. they think that um, with the success of something like Into the Spider-Verse last year um, and how well-received that was, which was 100% a Sony animation production, that they know what Spider-Man is now and should be now. I think... Um, there was a huge disagreement over Spider-Verse and Marvel Studios not wanting to put Tom Holland in that. And they had a huge uh, you know, sequence with Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man in it or something, and they ended up not going with that version um, because of you know, being afraid of the crossing over the two, the Sony and the MCU and all that. And so they could never really agree with what strategy they wanted to use with it. And so what they've kind of done here is a mutual agreement of a divorce where they're not, you know, MCU Marvel Studios is not going to produce Spider-Man movies anymore. And they haven't really said whether that means that Spider-Man is completely out of the MCU. Now, maybe they work something in the rights where the characters from the Avengers don't appear in Spider-Man movies, but you do standalone Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland in, uh, in its own kind of thing, 
but maybe they're still canon, uh, you know, canonically relevant in mm. the MCU, but there's not as much crossover as there has previously been. Maybe that's how they work it, since there has been so much established canon so far with the character, you don't want to completely toss that aside and all of that. So it's a lot to discuss here, and I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on this, but uh, I did not expect this at all. I thought things were kind of going going great. Yeah, you know, uh, Spider-Man made a billion dollars, and each side probably made half of what they normally would, but still, you know, if the movie wasn't good, they would make even less, you know? So I think it's mm-hmm. kind of, it, it works both ways, you know? It's a give-and-take kind of a relationship, um, and at the same time, I don't blame Sony for taking back what was theirs in the first place. You know, they were honestly kind of doing Marvel a favor by letting them have Spider-Man, and Marvel was doing them a favor simultaneously by by making them have good movies again in their yeah, uh, yeah. in their uh, uh, canon. So, Brian, I'll let you uh, take it from here. Yeah, look, it's both of these parties benefited greatly from this this whole thing because spider-man is a a huge part of the mcu at this point a huge part he is it's he and black we know that it's 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 spider-man black panther captain marvel that's the those are the that's kind of the holy trinity of the mcu moving forward um and spider-man is the one of the three that has the most name value, I think, just historically speaking. Um, and that's that's a huge thing. My kid and all of his friends are obsessed with Spider-Man. And my kid is obsessed with Black Panther, too. It's, it's I mean, those two are, his, you know, th- those are his go-to. So Spider-Man in the MCU movies is a huge thing for Marvel, Disney, um, and it was a huge thing for Sony to have somebody come in that could actually make a dadgum movie. And after they had butchered the last three attempts, uh, to do the Spider-Man thing. And, and if you want to argue that the, the, the previous Raimi ones weren't that great, then that's fine. I, whatever. Um, it has not been good for Sony without Marvel, without Kevin Feige. And so the two really benefited from each other. I think this is very clearly, and, and you're right, Kent, like you kind of touched on, we don't know exactly what this is going to mean yet. Um, I've read a couple of different articles, and they all kind of suggested different things. So I don't know if we're going to come to a place in the next couple of days where we find out, well, Sony's going to do the standalone Spider-Man movies, and he's going to, to uh, which there's two. Tom Holland is under contract for two more. Um Sony's going to do those movies, and he's going to exist in the same universe as, like, Venom and the, uh, what is it, Morbius? Is that right, Ariel? Yeah. Is that the Jared Leto movie we got coming? Can't, can't wait. Um, Morbius. I think it's Omnibus, vampire. actually. <laughs> <laughs> that might be better. It's a uh, giant book that fights. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested. Um, anyway, so maybe he exists in that, and then he comes and does whatever the next iteration of Avengers looks like too. I, or maybe it's just a straight, he, ne- he no longer exists in the MCU. Um, and we just have to accept that that's part of it. And, and Marvel, Disney, Kevin Feige have to go and figure out, but I, look, it's very clear to me that this is a, uh, a two sided issue. And, you know, if you want to assign 75% one side and 25, the other, that's whatever, that's fine. I think, Knowing what we know about Disney and their history of trying to squeeze out 
literally every last penny out of every contract negotiation and and whatnot that they can possibly get. Uh, I I lend a lot of credence to the to the report that they came to the table and said we want we want a fifty fifty split. In my mind, that doesn't sound unreasonable, but when you think about the fact that they're asking for fifty fifty when the the last two movies, Far From Home and uh, and Homecoming. It was a 95-5 split. So that's like that's a pretty big increase uh, to go up from 5 to, to 50%. So I think that's Disney probably deserves some blame on that front of kind of overreaching and, and demanding more than maybe they should get. On the flip side, this is very clearly, I, to me at least, very clearly some major beer muscles for Sony having just – raked in 850 million dollars with venom and and spider-verse doing well and just kind of being like well thanks for showing us how to do spider-man movies peace out you know um i i think there's some so like both both parties probably deserve some of the blame on this wouldn't surprise me at all and i would guess you guys are in the same same boat as me that like within about two movies, Sony's going to come back and be like, we actually kind of need Disney because we suck at making movies. And that's <laughs> now we're kind of hosed again. We, we've painted ourselves into a bad corner where we took a character that everybody loves and wants to see on film and not done a great job with it and kind of butchered it. And um, so, and you know, is Tom Holland happy being part of the Sony verse instead of, the MCU and does it turn into a thing that's acrimonious between them? And it's just, it seems like kind of a needless divorce that I would love to see in a couple of weeks that we find out, well, actually they've, they've fixed it. They figured out both parties kind of need each other and we're going to move back. But knowing what we know about both sides, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. That we're, this is the future for the, you know, at least for the next few years that we're not in an agreement on yeah. that. And that's, that's kind of a bummer. So, yeah. Wow. Ariel, get get your thoughts ready, but Richard, uh, chime in on some of this if you got thoughts. Oh, I got – I you know, as you guys know, I have literally nothing to contribute to this. So I want Ariel to go nuts. <laughs> and I want to listen. Go I want to learn. Ariel. Seriously. Uh, so like Brian said, Spider-Man is – Spider-Man's like the, the big thing. I mean, among kids, he's the easiest to market. I think historically – in the all-time comic book sales, I think Spider-Man is still number one. In recent times, Batman has just had a better book, and so Batman, Batman is outselling Spider-Man in the comic books. But really, where it matters, and where Sony has kind of like this argument, despite having a ninety-five percent, uh, like taking ninety-five percent of the profit, is that Disney and Marvel still own all the merchandising rights to Spider-Man. So anytime there is a toy or a a comic or a video game or something that has Spider-Man's face on it, backpacks, pencils, whatever, it all goes to Disney. And that's why like Sony's just like, Hey, we need, we need more of this money. Um, It is surprising because the entirety of, of the, the Spider-Man arc in his two solo movies is just like, Hey, this is the guy who's going to be the next Tony Stark. He's going to be the next leader of our, franchise and uh and i just don't know like i don't know narratively how that's gonna go um but i like i just do know from from like the nerd comic book business aspect of it um spider-man spider-man is like it he's he's on the up but i i kind of think because everything is still tied so much with the mcu he still hasn't like 
broken through in a way that he did in like 2001 when Spider-Man 1 came out. Am I making sense here? Yeah. Um cuz it's just like it's just like yeah, this is Spider-Man but he's still part of the Avengers. And so this is the the biggest if in the history of all like of all of entertainment. If Sony can get this like singular Spider-Man movie right and they could make it more of a I'm Spider-Man and I'm fighting my bad guy type movie and not I'm Spider-Man trying to live up to Iron Man type movie. Um, like maybe, maybe, like maybe he is like king of the world again. Like maybe Spider-Man is the main character, but, but as of right now, um, Batman, despite being in terrible movies for the last six, seven, eight, like eight, nine years. And, uh, Batman, Iron Man, Captain America are still like cutting into Spider-Man's share of like the, you know, the, at top of the comic book superhero character mountain or whatever. Hope I'm making sense here. Yeah. 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 You absolutely are. And I, I understand them wanting to take more control over uh, over Spider-Man. And, you know, I mean, we're entering an age where intellectual property is almost more valuable than the movies themselves, you know? the uh, The name recognition is something that they covet uh, now more than they'll covet, you know, if you were to say, all right, well, we'll give you the Spider-Man franchise or we'll give you three movies that are guaranteed to make a billion dollars each. You know, they'd probably be like, oh, we'll take Spider-Man. They'd always take, like, the the higher ceiling uh, thing. And, you know, if if they're ever trying to do their own streaming service or something, I mean, now is kind of everybody's trying to hold on to what their cards, you know, kind of thing and i can see why both parties would be very possessive over over spider-man um it'll be interesting to see how he exits the mcu if he in fact he does uh maybe he exits in a way similar to how he entered the mcu where it was just kind of random in a movie he kind of showed up um not not like he's going to randomly exit a movie like die or something but it's it might force their hand to write him into a movie where he exits the MCU um, faster than they would have ever planned to do so. Um, and you maybe we'll see that in the next year or two. And I don't know what the immortals or whatever eternals or whatever it is. Uh, maybe they maybe Spider-Man. Maybe that's his last appearance in a Marvel movie, something like that. Um, yeah. So we'll see. There's there's a very simple like way to do it. I, I think in, in Far From Home, he's like, I'm not like I'm not Avenger Spider Man. I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. And I think, I think that the Spider Man story is better when he is like, hey, I, I live in New York, and I live in Queens, and I fight bad guys in Queens. Like I don't want to go out into outer space. I think that's like the way they do it, right? They just mm-hmm. have one more big crazy scale movie, and then he just goes, you know what? Like you've got this character who can literally blow up planets in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, like, Peter Parker just be like, I'm a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm here to help my bodega cat, and I'm here to help my friends, and everybody hates me, so you know what, I'm just going to stay in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think think you're right on that, too. And I like like the way they have set him up to be a part of the ensemble, Avengers, whatever that looks like moving forward kind of movies, but then when we get back to... The, the Spider-Man proper movies, he's doing more low-end stuff. I thought that was the maybe the problem with Far From Home was it's a little big on the scale front. And that yeah. I like, I love him 
just being uh, a teenager and or you know in a couple years maybe a college kid or whatever and just doing I don't know fighting criminals in a, on a smaller scale and in his area that's we have enough uh, world exploding if we don't stop them the entire universe is going to implode type of stuff and it's fun to to scale that I mean again that's I really that's one of the reasons why homecoming is so good is you have um, it because it's contained it's self-contained it's smaller scale and then you have a villain who I mean Michael Keaton's performance is outstanding in that movie. And yet that villain, I mean, at the end of the day, he's just trying to steal some stuff, you know, it's right. not, it's not, um, this, this world altering event that's going to happen if, if a uh, 15 year old doesn't stop him. And I love that. And I, I think that's where he, um, excels in his own right. And I, I enjoy, I very much enjoy him kind of playing along with the rest of the Avengers and being a part of all of that stuff. And I, and I think I'm, I'm thrilled to have that moving forward but I want my Spider-Man movies to be more like that and just kind of, and I, and I, again, I, and, and I'm, I'm done. I'm sorry. I've ran, but uh, I think that's part of why I really love Tom Holland in that role is he gets both, both aspects of the Peter Parker Spider-Man role and does both of them very well and fits the type that we're kind of looking for and, and what we want to do with those smaller scale stories. He does them both, both sides of it really, really well. And so it's a. It would be a shame to uh, to lose that from the MCU. I think it would be a shame to turn that over to have him fighting, um, you know, a very Edy Tom Hardy Venom. So yeah. that's anyway. There's, I mean, a lot, a lot can Agreed be a lot, a lot, a lot can be said about you know Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, and you know I think it's probably been established within the MCU that of all the villains, none of them are Edie enough. And so it'll be good to like <laughs> see him with a villain that's, that's, that's just Edie, you know, uh, finally. Um, uh, you know, I, I completely agree. Um, it, it's just been funny to see, even though they're working together, that they're still kind of jabbing each other. At the same time, remember the, uh, you know, in Far From Home, they have the line like, are you saying there's a multiverse? And he's like, no, not at all. You know, and it ends up being like a tease in the trailer. We're like, oh, my gosh, they're bringing the multiverse, Spider-Verse whole thing to the MCU. And this is going to be like what everybody wants. And then it ended up being MCU just trolling all the fans that wanted that. And, you know, I'm I'm sure like things like that, that just pissed off Sony like guys we don't we don't appreciate that we're supposed to be you know like this is supposed to be a a working relationship but you know they're kind of they're getting really meta about it in this in in that kind of way um and so I mean it's it's still gonna be it's definitely weird to see an MCU movie with a Sony logo at the front I mean that was something we'll probably never see again you know maybe Mm -hmm. and that was odd you know going and seeing a oh this is the first movie post Avengers and then first thing you see is a giant Sony logo. It's uh, yeah. not Disney, yeah. you know, Disney logo. I mean, Marvel Studios mm-hmm. has their own giant, like, intro thing, but first thing you see is Sony. So that, I mean, I felt like they were getting the recognition that they needed. And so my question to you guys is, maybe, Richard, this is a more business kind of thing, is what is the smartest move for Sony here? Is it to take back their property and try to do this on their own, knowing yeah. that the 
people they have are less good at their jobs or mm-hmm. is it like let the people that are good at their jobs do it and take you know a cut yeah what is, I mean, what's I, financially I, smarter for them well it just all depends on what the negotiation and honest was right so mm-hmm. if, if, it, if that 95 to 5 split was actually true well then it's a, of course you let marvel make your movie and and and, and make buku's but uh you know if, if 50 50 was on the table and if you if that was the offer, then you got to assume maybe you could you could whittle that down and, and and still do okay. But I think the success of Venom and the lack of success, you know, in totally in context of of Far From Home, get it, not so much beer muscles, but they go. You know, who really cares with the quality of these things? If 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 there if this is the offer, why don't we just make this? And if we can make it as good as Venom, it's gonna make a ton of money and, and who cares? We have the rights to everything. So I, I actually think business wise it's short it's a short term and a long term thing, I think business wise. If you only have Holland for two more movies, mm-hmm. then go ahead and get as much money as you can out of it. Because even if it's crap, the next Spider Man movie's gonna make a lot of money. It's just it's just is because of the equity that's, that's built up, yeah. because of what that character is to a lot of people. It's it th- there's no way that movie's gonna not not uh, make some cash, and and quite frankly, this is a movie nerd conversation. That I mean, I've texted some people today on stuff, and they're like, "What? Huh? huh? They, you know, people aren't gonna care. There's no way people are gonna in mass are gonna be like, "Well, this is actually a Sony total Sony production." Yeah, so people when, don't know at all. Yeah. There's still so, so many people that are like that think Spider Verse is a you know, was an MCU movie, you know, because yeah, so nobody gonna, cares outside of So us. they're going to see Tom Holland and go, okay, cool. Another Spider-Man movie, right on. So short term, that's fine. Uh, but if you're, it, you know, it might have been, it might be longer to work out some sort of sh- strategic, you know, tiered agreement with, with Disney that says, okay, if it makes this, we make this percent. If it makes this, we make this percent. Um, let's put the incentive on you to make a good film and to market it well, and then you can make more money. Of course, there's agreements you could you could put in that that have different points in it. But hey, you know if you think that this is a a five year thing and that this fad passes and that Tom Holland says he wants to go make you know um, romantic dramedies or something, whatever the heck he wants to do. Uh, then you go, well, let's just go ahead and take all the money, <laughs> you know, in the next two, mm-hmm. two films, yeah. because who cares? And that may not be stupid. That honestly might be a really smart business decision. But as people that have to go watch these things, uh, it's disappointing because I think Marvel has, to its credit and to its, def- and to its fault, a formula on, on these, and, and they're, they're always good. They're sometimes great, but they're always good and very rarely bad, Thor The Dark World. And so you go, mm-hmm. okay, well, I know what this is. At the worst case, this is going to be a C plus, B minus. And at best case, it's going to be an A plus. And, and that's, that's, I know what I'm getting. And with Sony, it's, it's much more of a, a fraught thing. Now, maybe they'll take a cool risk with it. And they'll, and they'll announce, hey, uh, Martin Scorsese is, is directing the next Spider-Man movie. At which point we'll all be like, oh, got it. Cool. Lord but Miller or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that could be that could be awesome, and you know, hopefully they they figure something out. I mean, this cannot be worse luck for yeah. Tom Holland yeah. because I mean, oh he, you know, gosh. he signs up like, oh gosh, you're gonna be the next Iron Man, and you know, two months later, here he is, and, you know, uh, probably gonna be in sub fifty percent 
assuming movies with the way Sony's track record is gone. Um, yeah, and, sure. Uh, you know, he turned down that um, nineteen seventeen movie with Sam Mendes to do this chaos walking movie that's not gonna Oof. come out, uh, probably. So, I mean, he's just like getting John Krasinski. You know, <laughs> like he's like, hey, you think you make the right move, and then it ends up like you sign a contract and you got to play it out. You know, it's like when you sign a contract, you got to sign a contract, kind of got to you know do. Do it. Um, so, yeah, man, it's going to be very, very interesting. Like you said, Richard, from a new movie nerd perspective to kind of see how this plays out um, over the next year or two. Um, yeah. The political side of things is always fun to uh, to talk about here on the on the movie news yeah. episodes of things. Um, but, man, there was the a, other side of that yeah. real fast yeah. is is I think part of the Sony thing, just to play into the financial side, I they have a lot of movies planned. And I, I, even if this doesn't turn into something that gets renegotiated over the next, you know, couple weeks or months or whatever, I think they may find out that this whole universe they have planned is not going to do as financially well as they think it does. I, I was surprised by how much Venom made overall. I think we all were. They've got like a, they've got the Venom sequel coming. They have a, I think a Craven movie coming. Ariel. They have the Morbius movie. They have. Silver Cat and somebody. I mean, like they have all these things planned that I think their idea is like, oh man, we're gonna throw we're gonna throw two Spider Man movies into this and then have him show up occasionally in these other things or maybe set up to fight somewhere down the line. And I, I just I think they may be overestimating how much those movies are gonna bring in, and that you know, uh, a couple movies down the line they're gonna be looking at this like, gosh, this did not. Yeah, that made six hundred million, but geez, we pumped five hundred million into it, so that's a tough, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's going to play out the way that they they think that it uh, they think that it will. So, I hope this gets done. I, I don't know. I'm we're we're reporting, we're talking about it so early that all this may be moot in a couple of days because it doesn't sound like they're completely done as far as the negotiating table goes. But that both yeah, sides could are kind be a of posturing move to yeah, uh, yeah. to leak that totally could be mm-hmm. sure so yeah i'll be it'll be uh see fun to see how that plays out um because i mean both probably have films in production right now like i was saying so mm-hmm. this might cause mm-hmm. some scrambling behind the scenes that that we'll we won't see for a couple of years but um i want to talk a little bit about some news involving the matrix uh after i tell you about our sponsor guys losing hair sucks and two out of three guys will experience hair loss before they're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair that you have. You guys have heard of these FDA-approved products that cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 a month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Take it from me. I'm getting up there in age. I crossed 30 a while ago, and you start to notice the thinning, and I started to get concerned. But thankfully, my friends at Keeps helped me out. And trust me, their process could not have been more simple. What you do is you go online and you answer a few simple questions. You snap some photos, and then a licensed physician will review your information and recommend the right treatment for you. And then it's shipped right to your door every three months. You don't have to go to a doctor's office, wait in a waiting room, fill out all the paperwork. Honestly, it could not be more simple. 
and keeps treatments for up to 90% effective. And at best, men get back up to 20% of the hair that they already lost. All this starts at just $10 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month for free. That's one hell of a deal to keep your hair. People just keep stopping me on the street. Hey, Kent, where'd you get that great head of hair? Keeps.com. It's K-E-E-P-S dot com. So go to Keeps.com slash mad for a limited time and get your first month free. Try Keeps now at Keeps.com slash mad. Guys, keep your hair. Stay looking fresh. Stay feeling good. Check it out. Keeps.com. It was a big day for movie news here. I'm glad we're recording this episode when we are because there was a lot of stuff that uh, broke today. One of the things being that they're making The Matrix 4 officially. Um, Thank God. And Thank God. All in clamoring. <laughs> we have been talking about this for a long time. Um, and the last time we talked about it was um, the fact that uh, we thought Michael B. Jordan was going to be joining this. That was the announcement that he they're rebooting the Matrix universe with Michael B. Jordan. And we were all down for that. Uh, I think we all talked about um, various feelings on the Matrix universe. But, um, you know, I think the results speak for themselves when it comes to the Wachowskis and their track record since literally the Matrix <laughs> has been progressively worse with every single release. So the fact that they're even getting to make movies anymore is is uh, is pretty amazing, and um, I mean this is their last thing. I mean this is their Dumb and Dumber too. You know, like this is it. Let's <laughs> let's try. Let's go one They've more got go. A green That's book it. in them. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, the it, I mean it just might depend on. I mean they're like oh god Keanu is peaking right now. We gotta gotta capitalize on this. Um, Somehow, uh, you know, gosh, can we get Carrie Ann Moss? Probably not. Uh, I mean, she's, you know. <laughs> she's got that Jessica Jones yeah, exactly. money. You know? um, and then I've always thought um, that this sh- these, these movies should exist because this universe is money, you know, recognizable, um, easy money. Uh, these movies don't have to be good. I uh, don't have to have Keanu Reeves for them to be action movies set in this universe so not surprising actually it's more surprising that there aren't 10 of these already um but yeah so that's kind of the news i know you guys have more hot takes on this than i do um i would say it's kind of it's a it's a very obvious move that this is happening um in my opinion but um Brian, I think you put out there that the Keanu Sans has to end sometime. <laughs> yeah. Mark it down. Yeah, man, we uh boy, that's a tough one. It look, I'm I'm of two minds on this. One, I hate to see Keanu get knocked back down. But on the other side of it, um, you know, maybe he sacrificed himself so that Michael B. Jordan could live. You know? Maybe there's that. Maybe that's part of it. Because I really, I really didn't want Michael B. Jordan taken down by a Matrix movie. Um, as you can, you may have guessed, I am super low on this. I do not want this at all. I do not think that it needs to exist. I think those movies aged so poorly. Even the first one that we that we all not we all that that mm, c- culture seems to think was like this is still this great movie twenty years later is super not great and doesn't hold up very well in my opinion and um was 
has some cool scenes, but was very, very, very much of the moment and is not anymore. Not to mention that the two sequels were very, very bad and underwhelming at the box office. I think I'm about to look that up. I don't. I feel like at least the third one was kind of a bust. Uh, yeah, four. I mean, it made four twenty-five in two thousand three, but it was on a hundred fifty million dollar budget. So you can kind of extrapolate that out to say the fourth one would be like two hundred plus million, and maybe it would bring in. Six or seven hundred. I mean, it, it, that's not that's not a huge return for something that is this big and grand in scale. Uh, those movies are bad. Every movie that that the Wachowskis have done since then, since The Matrix in two, what was that, nineteen ninety nine? Um, since for twenty years, every movie that the Wachowskis have made has ranged from underwhelming um, to just unwatchable. totally unwatchable, abysmal, one of the ten worst movies I've ever seen in my life in Jupiter Ascending. I hate Cloud Atlas. I know that Cloud Atlas has its fans, so if you're one of them, that's fine. For me, that also might be a movie that I would talk about in my, like, 25 least favorite movies of all. I mean, I hate, I hate that movie. Um, and Jupiter Ascending, like, they're, cl- they're, the thing that they are hanging their hats on at this point, post-Matrix, is that Sense8 show on Netflix that I think got two seasons that people really seem to like that also was canceled. So People I, people told me, hey, you, it's really good once you get past episode seven. Dude, I, and I, I've had people say similar things to me. I, I watched the first episode, and I was just like, this is the most nonsensical show I've ever seen. In my, and I like that kind of dense sci-fi, and I'm fine with... If you give me something, I don't have to totally understand everything that's happening in the first episode. You just have to give me something to that's why it's called to, Sense uh, Eight. Stick with because <laughs> it makes sense after episode eight. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect title. Um, this is I, to me, this is a. I'm not going to say that it's a just a total bad move because it people do have nostalgia for the Matrix. Again, I would tell you go back and watch the Matrix. It's not that great. Uh, there's like it's a couple of really cool scenes. And an interesting concept that was basically a Philip K. Dick story, you know. So it's like I I don't know that we need to go back and revisit that, but it might make money based on the nostalgia factor. I would be shocked if it made money and also was good. Um, and I don't I I <laughs> I dread I honestly I dread having to see that movie for this podcast in two or three or four years or whatever that that sounds awful I don't I don't want this in the slightest um so is that but other than know. that <laughs> other than that can't wait can't wait the Matrix sounds great rejuvenated <laughs> oh coming twenty twenty two yeah it's just got a, like hard Power Man five thousand score and I mean I. I don't want this. Get ready this to guys. plug in 2022. <laughs> oh my god! Plug back in. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, plug back in. That's what god it is. Almighty. We gotta um, send that to them. Try to make some money off of this because oof, oof. I saw a bit out there where, where uh, somebody put this out on Twitter. I wish I could credit them, but they said the plot of the Matrix Four is that Neo plugs into the Matrix because it's vastly better than the actual world. I'm like, that sounds about right. <laughs> then. Uh, you know, like he just lives in in the current times, and he's like, "Let me just go back to the Matrix, where I can, you know, possibly, uh, you know, f- you guys f- fight 
rather than live in this uh, world. It's it's uh, mm. it's going to be funny to see how maybe how meta they try to go with it in these times, you know. But um, they'll Ariel, be super. The Wachowskis will nail that. They will. They definitely They're get very, what it's they like. They did. They nailed the uh, the commentary on on werewolf vampires was dead on. So <laughs> I, I trust them. Ariel. MBs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ariel, I know you've got, you, you actually like the matrix. So this is awkward. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, I think the last time I watched it was probably like right after the, the third one came out. So 2005, four or five. <laughs> um, I've never rewatched those sequels cause they were, they were awful. And they were awful. I I realized they were awful when they came out when I was, like, 13. So that's how you know they're bad, right? I still loved The Phantom Menace when I was 13. Mm. Um, I tried watching Jupiter Ascending, and I found it so (laughs) gobbledygook nonsense that I shut it off after, I think, 15 minutes. Like, I think I got it that far. But it's it's just, like, what? Like why are you why are you putting this person in charge? Like go put um Denny Villeneuve in charge. Go put the uh, the ex Machina guy in charge. Like mm-hmm. like why are you bringing these people back who have had no success since 1999 on a concept that was based off of a comic book that was based off of a Philip K. Dick novel? So it's just mm-hmm. like right. you're you're like I just, just and and then and then it was what the the bullet time stuff. But like like you said, Brian, like that that was gonna come out. Like that was gonna happen at some point. The Matrix just did the bullet time first. And and that's it. That's all we got. That was the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's Richard, I think we did a Matrix episode way back when, back in the early days of, of the show. And I think that was a Richard point, because I've I don't know, that I hold on to that. To, to be clear, like yeah, I, well, I think the Matrix some kind the of first Matrix some movie is fine. It's like to me in in twenty nineteen is like a B B plus kind of movie. I don't you know, the other two are, are really bad. I just don't think that it's this I don't know, masterpiece cultural touchstone. Yeah, that we that it seems to have that kind of, of reputation. And I just don't I don't think that that's true. But but m- more to the point. Richard, I mean, you can elaborate because this is that is your point, but that that the Matrix was going to happen, that somebody was going to make the Matrix, and it just happened that the Wachowskis did it, right? Am I summarizing your, yeah. your point on that? It's a, cin- yeah, I just it think a cinematic that time, inevitability, yeah, yeah. Right. At that time in culture, that idea was out there. Mm-hmm. They did it well, but like you said, it was based on a based on a based on it, and that's fine. The Matrix is a fine, yeah, nineteen ninety nine movie, just like you know. Uh, Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock is a fine 1999 <laughs> album. These things correlate. Right. The polls. Right. It's Rebel Without a Cause, isn't it? Or that's the movie. Devil Without a Cause. Yeah, it is Devil it. Without a Cause. Yeah. yeah. Devil I Without mean, a have, Cause. I'm going I have platinum. a full sleeve. So I did go platinum. See, that's, that. that's where it was. Call the shot, man. You did. Call the shot. He's a prophet. You could do that in 99. Not anymore. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> Um, yeah. Going platinum means actually selling 100 copies total. That's the thing. Well, um, there's one more thing I want to touch on before we uh, hit weekly recommends and wrap this thing up, which is the official title has been released for Bond 25. And it's like, uh, I don't know, what is it? 
Too Late to Die? <laughs> Something like that? It's released. Don't really Is remember, it? but... Uh, Never I'll Too Late to Die. Never Too Late to... This is definitely a, a rise of the dawn of the yeah. Planet of the Apes situation. It doesn't make any grammatical like sense 400. at all. 400. Yeah. Yeah. It's a die it another or something kind of No thing. time to die. Oh, Bond a, 25, oh, no time to die. That's a very like good day to die hard kind of. Yeah. No time yeah, to is. die. So that means yeah. he's definitely dying in this one. There's, yeah. that's 100%. No time to die another day tomorrow. That's yeah. what I would go with <laughs> if I was them. Yeah. Of the Planet of the Apes. Of the Planet of the Apes. Well, <laughs> there are a few things we know. Weird crossover, but uh, yeah. A few things but we. Also, very erotic. <laughs> Bond 25 is going to have Daniel Craig. We know that. It's going to um, have, apparently, Christoph Waltz is coming back for this, uh, reprising his role from Spectre. Um, <laughs> and. Um, we also know, which has been uh, put out there, that somebody else will be assuming the role of 007. A little passing of the torch kind of a scenario is going to mm-hmm. happen in uh, in this movie. What do we know about that? Forgot the mm-hmm. young lady's name. Scott Bayo. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Scott um, So, no, that's... Scott I read Bale. the wrong... I, I read it on Breitbart. <laughs> that's my fault. Um... <laughs> That's on me. I'll own that. I'll be better. Uh, yeah, Lashana, that. Lashana Lynch is her. <laughs> Lashana is Lynch, the That's actress's was. name. Yes. And then uh, Phoebe Waltz-Bridge is is uh, done a rewrite of the script, so maybe it won't be, you know, humorless, <laughs> which is <laughs> encouraging, uh, because Spectra certainly was witless and everythingless. It was emotionless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Remember the the paper the paper like printed out pictures. That yeah. they like put on the wall at the end of that film. That's all I could think about. God, I don't think I've seen that since it came out. I need no. To I, I did. I rewatched part of it uh, on like Same. Amazon or something. I, I started it. And I, I was like, oh, this is way better than I remembered it. And then about 15 minutes in, I was like, no, 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 no. Just that opening scene is really cool. And then everything else in this movie yeah. is so boring and disinteresting. And. And Daniel Craig just looked like he would rather be getting a colonoscopy than than being in this movie. I mean, he just was like, this is so lifeless and dull. And everyone, everyone clearly hates being here. Why did we do this? It's such a whip. And and we're doing it again. Boy, he was he was tough. So my my deal is this. If if Daniel Craig is interested and I think we have a decent chance of of that because I feel like he's kind of been rejuvenated through Logan Lucky and uh, the Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson movie. That's coming. I, I think that he maybe has gotten to go do a couple things that were a little bit different and maybe kind of scratched a creative itch. Um, and I think also there's a – maybe this is just wishful thinking, but it, it there's a difference between thinking, gosh, I don't want to do this anymore, but not knowing for sure that you are out and knowing for sure that you are, you know, that you're done and you get to like really, this is my chance to go out on top. And I think Carrie Fukunaga has a, that's a fresh new um, creative director, you know, somebody can come in and do something a little different maybe. I think that Sam Mendez was kind of worn out and tired of being there as well. So I'm hoping that a change in the, in the director's chair will kind of 
infuse this with a little more a little more life um so maybe i'm maybe i'm in i'm just hopeful and wishful and in the minority on that but i think this has a chance to be i don't know a little bit redemptive of specter and and make this make at least kind of send daniel craig out on a on a positive note and i mean that's kind of the history of the bond movies right it's very rare that you get two or three really solid bond movies in a row they're just they're kind of all over the place and up Mm -hmm. and down and um so if this holds to trend we've got casino royale up quantum of Spectrum solace, Bottom of whatever. Solace. Yep, yep. <laughs> just down. We got a little down on that. We have way up Never on, even on seen Skyfall. That one. Uh, it, you know, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's not. It's it's definitely a valley between Casino Royale and and Skyfall. Um, but it's I think at least I it's Skyfall much better than Spectre. Sunday. So because I watch I watch Skyfall. I don't know every two months. Yeah. Uh, sometimes sometimes I watch it on mute. Just it's a beautiful movie. Enjoy Gosh. that Deacons, yeah. you know, at least mm-hmm. the first hour. And then that last hour, though, which gets a little Home alone and it doesn't quite live up to the first hour, even though it's great. But those mm-hmm. scenes where it's just lit by the fire of the house, and you're just like, man, this is a freaking movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I cursed because I yelled at Sarah. I said, <laughs> watch this. Literally yelled at my wife. I said, you have to sit here and I want you to watch 11 minutes of this because this is art. She was just confused. <laughs> But she's like, "What's art?" She respect. She respected me. Some mm-hmm. Olive got it. Right. Olive respects all secret agents because she's you know pretty <laughs> in the security, the window, and all that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, live and let die. Another day of <laughs> tomorrow. Solace of Skyfall. Solace of <laughs> Daniel Craig. Royale. Pro am. Medicare. The. Um. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm done with Daniel Craig as Bond. I mean, I like him as Bond. I just know he's done with it. You know, I I, I really mm. do like what he brings to the table, and uh, it'll be it'll be sad to see him go for sure. If in fact uh, that's where Daniel Day Lewis you know. for the next Bond. I think he's up for it. He's been doing it the whole time, dude. That's the thing. <laughs> just <laughs> the no Scooby Doo mask scenario. Here. <laughs> I told you that was my idea for. For Mission Impossible is for Tom Cruise to exit, and then, and they bring somebody else in like The Rock, and then it's just revealed three movies later that it was Tom Cruise the entire time. <laughs> that, I like it. Well, yeah. I'm in. That sounds great. Like, why is The Rock? Why is The yeah. Rock running with his hands? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like that. Why is The Rock five foot three? That's weird. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Alec Baldwin is towering over the rock <laughs> in the scene. They really messed up the scale on this. I don't, I don't understand at all. Oh, now it all makes sense. That's why he's so jacked because you know when he lifts, just he's short, so muscle right. stacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I got oh. um, a weekly recommend. You guys want to? Yeah. Roll through that thing. Got- okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Weekly recommends. Okay, uh, how about you, Brian? Where do you want to start with? Recommend. I'm going to recommend a documentary that uh, is on, I believe it is on Amazon Prime. If you are rich and fortunate enough, as I am, to have Amazon Prime, um, <laughs> it's a very illustrious club. You only it's basically the, the Illuminati. You, you have Whole Foods vegetables delivered, and then you just throw them away. 
every, I mean, just I take that kale and I just in front of the delivery boy and I just drop oh, it good. directly in. The it is weird can. that it's a young boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just but that's a twelve year old on a bike. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but uh, throwback. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's a documentary that I think I've seen before. I think it was included in one of the various Star Wars DVD Blu-ray packages at one point. Um, but I sat down and watched it uh, over the weekend, and it's it's really it's called Star Wars: Empire of Dreams, and it's just interviews and kind of a uh, a bit of a narrative to tell the story of the making of Star Wars in a I don't know two hour format or something. I'm sure you've seen this, Kent. Um, it may be one that you have posted on the. I probably website. have, but uh, yeah, it's really yeah. good, man. It's it's and it's it's lots of it's. They've got George Lucas. They've got everybody involved from uh, from Lucas down to like the third voice guy who put together the the voice work of you know the the, the sounds for R two D two and stuff. And so it's very comprehensive and um tells tells the tells the story of of the making of the original Star Wars trilogy. So and it's uh it's very awesome. solid. So again, Amazon Prime, Star Wars Empire of Dreams. Boom. Awesome. Ariel, you got to recommend for the Man Fam? Yeah. Yeah, I hope I'm not stealing anybody's, but Mindhunter season 2 just dropped. Ah. And uh I I loved season 1. It's it's a David Fincher TV project. Uh basically it's uh, starring Jonathan Goff. Groff? What's his Groff, name? Groff, I think. Yeah. Groff. Uh, it's basically a show about the creation of like the FBI criminal behavioral unit. Like it's them going through the process of, of learning how serial killers think. Um, there's an excellent, excellent performance of a guy playing uh, Edward Kemp, who's like the the co-ed uh, ABC killer, co-ed killer, or something. If you like. Serial killers and criminal minds, or anything. David Fincher, uh, Mindhunters, awesome, awesome show. Yeah, I saw season one. I haven't haven't checked out season two yet, but uh, I've got it on the old list. So um, I've heard good things. I've heard really good things. Um, David Fincher is really enjoying it. Apparently, um, I know he's gonna go back to making movies eventually, but um, you know, uh, I guess anytime we can see David Fincher is a good thing at work. It's just uh, it's just odd to see him do this uh, of all things. Um, but it's very well done, and I'm excited about season two. I it's one of the I don't know few shows that Netflix kind of still has that they can kind of get something out of um, from me that uh, you know, piques mm-hmm. my interest anymore. Um, Richard, recommend. Yeah, mine's a book uh, that came out this spring that I just got around to reading over the last uh, couple nights. It's a pretty short little one if you're interested in uh, sports or more specifically the the, oh, the places you'll go. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it took me six little, nights, yeah. six nights to read it, but I have mm-hmm. a small no. Um, it's a, <laughs> but more about the business of sports and the modern kind of keys of that. And uh, it's called LeBron Inc. by Brian Windhorse, the making of a billion dollar athlete. And it's about just the off the court part of LeBron, who's really influential and trailblazing in terms of um, the deals and revenue share agreements and equity agreements that that athletes now have in a lot of companies. You look at something like Beats by Dre, or you know, obviously shoe companies and things like that. So it's really about that whole world and uh, really interesting, well reported, well written book by Brian Windhorst, LeBron Inc. Kent. He's a reporter for ESPN, is he? He is, and he's very good. He's excellent. One of the Big, best. Yeah, one of the best. 
and doesn't complain about his life, so I like him. So, Brian, or uh, Kent, what about you? That's why you and I stopped being friends, because you couldn't handle my complaining about my life. Just, <laughs> that's why we're exclusively on the Pod, podcast We do only. not speak. Yeah, only, yep, we only don't podcast. Um, I'm going to recommend a show that um, it's kind of from my childhood, but I never really got into it. Uh, I just kind of re- remember seeing it in bits. Um, Unhappily ever after. <laughs> I no? Uh, okay. no, I mean no. I, I fully you saw like that all bunny. That. Yeah, I saw all yeah. of, every episode <laughs> completest. Um, this is a show that was on like the first iteration of Cartoon Network. Um, and like the remember cartoon cartoons and stuff like that. Um, well, this was like the first iteration of Adult Swim, and the show is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I don't know yeah. if you guys have gone mm-hmm. back and watched an all time classic. Yeah, all time classic. And I, I don't know. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I just had a f- visceral flashback in my mind to Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and I probably hadn't thought about it in over 10 years. Like, I hadn't even been, completely forgot that it existed, right? And mm-hmm. went back and found some episodes and was just dying. It was so funny. It was just, I don't know, the concept of let's t- scan these old, you know, Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the, the 60s and make a late-night show out of it is, is mm-hmm. hilarious. And, like, to bring actual guests on um, is funny and have Space Ghost interview them. Richard, uh, like, the third, second or third episode is, like, they have Bill Carter on. And he's, like, talking about the war for late night. And, he, and Space Ghost is, like, <laughs> Space Ghost is, like, why am I not in the book? <laughs> I'm a late night. <laughs> it's, like, great. Um, but, I mean, it's something I definitely wouldn't appreciate until I'm in my 30s, right? Uh but I mean, if if you saw this show back in the '90s um, and haven't seen it since, Man. go back and find it on YouTube or something, and uh, and seek it out. It is daggum hilarious and a funny one to fall asleep to if you like late night comedy. Um, Space Ghost Coast to Coast is is hilarious. Um, Zorak being like the band leader. And, <laughs> oh man, gosh, I haven't thought about that in so long. That that show is up there. <sighs> Kind of with like I've talked about Arrested Development before of just being like, "Hey guys, isn't this funny?" And all my friends being like, "I don't get this at all." And Space Ghost Coast to Coast was one of those. I very yeah. distinctly remember being in like college dorm, freshman sophomore year, and being like, "Guys, isn't this funny? Don't you get it?" And nobody, nobody getting it, and just feeling alone in my comedy sensibilities. That's man, but I haven't thought about that in forever. Great. Great recommend there, Kento. Yeah, I'll, I would suggest you guys go check out a couple episodes. And uh, let me know your thoughts. There's there's uh, a lot of great bits that I had totally forgotten about in this one. But um, a lot of those 90s cartoons r- really hold up, man. I was watching Animaniacs a couple of weeks ago. The best. There's some jokes in there that, like, I mean, they're for, like, Total six killers. people. Yeah. And they're, like, yeah. us, you know? Like, it, yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad that show is coming back. They're bringing that back. I think next year yeah. it comes out. I think so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's Oh, gosh. This is a perfect yeah. time for Animaniacs. Animaniacs is so great. Yeah. So great. Oh. Uh, that's going to be glorious. I would, I'm all for them bringing back 90s to early aughts cartoons. I don't know why a mm-hmm. lot of those even went off the air, you know, to begin with. I feel like a lot of these streaming services need to throw some money and bring a lot of those shows back. <laughs> like, King of the Hill needs to come back. We were talking about that. <laughs> Uh man, I would love to see 
a lot of those Powerpuff Girls, you know, those kinds of shows. Yeah. Uh, Gargoyles. Yeah. yeah. Gargoyles. Richard and I had an Uber driver who uh, would would <laughs> love to get back into the King of the Hill business if, if anybody's interested. Uh, uh, he's, he's ready. That was the longest 41 minutes of my life. The only thing that made it better was how uncomfortable Brian was. Uncomfortably uh, obsessed with that show or... No, he, dude, we got in this. Yeah, we got in an Uber. <laughs> it was our second greatest Uber of the night. Yeah, we both seriously. we were it was seriously. we were killing it. Anyway, we got this, in week, this this Uber and this, I, we don't need to tell the whole. We can't tell the whole story. We got in the Uber and he immediately, within about mm, two and a half seconds, he turned to Richard and goes, "I do voices. <laughs> I, do I do impressions. I do. I do impressions." <laughs> And then he profile. goes, it's, it's in my profile. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right on, man. What you got? Because, <laughs> you know, I might have had right. a few cocktails at the concert. <laughs> and Ryan's in the back seat the with my wife yeah. because I'm that guy that sits in the front seat. Because I'm tall, guys. I'm mm-hmm. almost six yeah. feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with size 18 shoes. And it's perfect. So, yeah, yeah. What's up? Then he did he to ra- he did King of the Hill. He they were did, all uh, king, they were all Mike Judge Stewie. impressions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like, "Hey, you want to hear? I do a Hank Hill." And he was, I was like, "Ah, oh, right on." He's like, "All right, oh, Bobby." And I was like, "Oh, nice, <laughs> nailed it." <laughs> and then he was one. like, uh, "And then I was like, who else you got?" And he was like, uh, "I do, uh, I do Quagmire." And yeah. I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Okay." Oh, uh, hey, Peter. I'm horny. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that's still Hank Hill, man. <laughs> it was Hank not Hill. not a whole lot of range on this guy. But yeah. uh, didn't stop I do him. impressions. It's didn't, in my profile. It's an all-time Uber him. driver quote. Now, it was 40 minutes. It was a long one. We were down in Deep Elm, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a lengthy Uber of, of traffic and uh, this guy's voices and me egging it on. Because like, sir, anyone please knows stop me. Talking. No, please, no, no, no. The opposite. No. Brian wanted to say that. It was me right. really mm-hmm. goading him into, yeah. you know, it was like, do you watch Space Ghost? You got a Space Ghost? You got a <laughs> Zorak down? Or what's your story? Right. So what's your take time. on Tiny Toons, bro? That's what I said. <laughs> just And then I just rolled out. Oh, man. And then he told us uh, real quick that he met his wife um, mm-hmm. because he met her at his high school reunion. Uh, how you may ask, Kent? Uh, because she's the daughter of one of the guys he went to high school with. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. and that was the classiest part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was. That's the only part I'll tell on this from show. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way worse from there, Bobby. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Brian, where can we find you <laughs> on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Beagle Twelve. You can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. And the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. You can find me on Uber. I do impressions. It's in my profile. Dang it. You stole my joke. <laughs> I'm so mad at you for that. I had that cued the F up. You Vince? can find me on all social media at uh, Richard Barden and uh, all that good stuff. Ariel, looking for you. Where can I find you? Thanks for your comic book insight tonight, by the way, my friend. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Dread Pirate Roddy. You can find my show at Geek 101 Podcast. Kento, where can we find you? You can find me online uh, on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. If you want more episodes from us, uh, join that VIP club, and you get at least an episode extra a week, uh, most of the time multiple episodes a week, and we got our AMA coming up next week there. So if you've got questions for us that you want answered on a show, sign up for that VIP and get your questions in 
and we will get them answered. Um, this week in the VIP for the bonus app, we're talking Collateral from 2004. Mm, classic. C- celebrating a 15-year anniversary of Collateral, starring Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, and uh, that'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that, Vipers. Um, but until next week, I uh, believe we are talking about Blinded by the Light. No? Yeah? Uh, I think we're doing that whatever the Gerard Butler movie is oh, called. Yeah, Angel oh, Angel is Fallen. Yeah, yeah oh, Angel yeah. is Fallen. I'm Here excited for that. Let's That's get it, got, guys. It's got Let's me written it. all over it. <laughs> I don't think I can be nice about Blinded by the Light. Okay, it's just fair. Uh, no matter as is it, um, too much. No matter how Bruce, good it is, it might be good. I hope it's good. I really do. It's but, getting good. Those, tra- those trailers are so bad. Good trailers are yeah. terrible. So I yeah, hope it's the, better. Than but the trailers. Bruce, when it just, I mean, it just wins you over. Mm-hmm. Like you, I hope so. I mean, no, you don't once have to the tell Bruce me starts, twice. once you hear that "Born to Run," <laughs> you know, it's like it just yep. takes over. It's, well, hey, right, it happened with "Boy Meets Have a Runaway American Dream." No, I know how it goes, man. He's a poet. He's the poet of our whole time, but that movie looks really bad in the tra- in the trailers. And I I didn't know it existed till about six days ago. But it's been on HGTV a lot, and that's my life. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce. And on that we note, stop we'll see you at the cinema. Yeah. Goodbye.